Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Support for this episode is brought to you by Chirpy Bird Health IT Consulting, home of the Merit-Based Incentive Payment System, or MIPS, Flight School. MIPS Flight School helps clinicians earn their highest possible MIPS score in a group coaching setting and at an affordable price. Welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast where with each episode, we hear from different women experts in the health IT industry. We like to hear about what makes them tick, how they overcome challenges, work they're proud of, advice they would give to other women in health IT, and much more. I'm Joy Rios. And I'm Robin Roberts. Today, we're joined by Elena Ivanova, the social media manager for InterSystems. She's letting us in on some secrets to succeeding in healthcare marketing and how being a social media maven is a huge part of her job. Take a listen. Makes you feel a little bit like, yeah. yeah. And um, then I'm thinking to myself, but we've all been a patient at one point or another in our life, whether that was us or a family member or what have you. Um, so you are contributing to something that's bigger than just yourself. You're, you're bigger than the role that you play within an organization, whether that's a healthcare IT organization, whether, whether that's a hospital IDN or whatever the case is. So I like to think that I play a small role in that and, um, I'm contributing to something bigger. Um, and the company that I work for is, is, I believe in what they're, what, the technology does and what it enables and what kind of relationships it facilitates and just more than just like a health IT from more, more than just the health IT perspective, but just kind of bettering the industry as a whole. Well, so being an interest, sorry, go ahead. A lot of times coming from a marketing perspective, people think like, oh, it's just social media or it's writing blogs or it's doing right. the website stuff. But a lot of times it's translating some really important information to the people that actually need need it the most and so it's this connector piece that actually is really 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 important Uh, right yeah so what is inter for people that might be listening that don't know what they do tell me you've been in intersystem seven years what do they do what is like fueling that passion to contribute to the greater good right so like you said, I mean, I've been there for a while, so I've gotten to wear a lot of uh, a few different hats within the marketing department. And um, 
obviously I've heard a lot of like the messaging that we like to go to market with. And, and I know that when I first started, um, a lot of the mentality was not mentality, but some of the things that you hear from different departments or from other organizations is like, why do we really need, why do we need a marketing department? Like, I mean, we have great technology and if you bold up, they will come like, but that's not so much the case because yes, we have a lot of people that are focused on this amazing technology that enables uh, communication and interoperability and, you know, all of these great things that are essentially powering some of the initiatives that are going on in healthcare, like value-based care and all of that. Um, but you don't necessarily ever talk about what, while you understand the technology and whether you're a developer or a clinician or whatever, you understand what it's, what you're doing, you obviously need to communicate that to the outside world. So, um, that's where marketing comes in, obviously. And it's not always just the traditional marketing, direct mail and all these things, because as we know, those don't really work as much anymore. So there's a whole another world online that mm -hmm. obviously has um, is targeting a, a different demographic. And also more people are sort of heading to digital outlets to consume media and all of that. So that's where where I like to to make sure that I build those relationships. I mean, having been working for the same company for a really long time, you have a very strong presence. What are some of the things you or projects that you've been most excited about or that you feel like they've had the biggest impact or anything in particular that you're just really proud of? Oh, I would say that I I'm definitely proud of the work that I've been um, tasked with in the last couple of years that I've had this role. So this was the very, I'm the very first person to have a social media role in the company. Um, and so I've been tasked with growing our social media presence and engaging with the audience that we have and also building our audience on social media. So that's been the most exciting and most rewarding part of my job. And that's why I love it because I'm kind of a social person to begin with. And I've built some relationships online that have translated into really meaningful relationships in real life and so that's given me the opportunity not just to build a presence and to spread awareness of what the company is doing but also build some really meaningful relationships in the health IT space and healthcare space with people. I mean definitely the hit mic community in particular. Oh gosh yes. Oh my gosh there are folks that like yeah everyone's online and has their you know social presence but in real life they're just the friendliest group of people. Definitely <laughs> and and I it's so funny because my husband and I he he's in science so he has no idea like a lot of the stuff that he talks to me about and I talk to him about he's like oh, okay yeah that's great honey you know um, but he has no idea when I tell him oh yeah like I met so and so on Twitter He'll be like, what? Can you turn on your location services, please? Like, I'd like to know where you are at all times. And I'm like, no, like, this is, you just don't get it, you know? And you make these really meaningful connections with people online, and then you meet them in real life, and it's like meeting a celebrity. It's like meeting someone that you've known for a long time, even though you're just meeting for the first time in real life today. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool. How is, can you give us a real life example of something that's played out for intersystems or for you in your role as a marketer, what's what's one of those people? Can you name drop? Can you tell us Ooh. somebody that you've done and it's maybe something's come to fruition? So it's funny because when I first took on this role, um, Hims was right around the corner. It was Hims 17, I believe, because um, I had just gotten in the role at the end of 2016. And 
I was like, wow, there's so much going on and this is all new to me and the hashtag is exploding and there's people talking and I have no idea who these people are. And then I started digging into it and, and figuring out who the influencers were and like the social media ambassadors were like celebrities. And I'm like, wow, wouldn't it be so cool if I like got to meet them? Like, this would be so great. I can talk to them about so many things. And um, luckily, I mean, over the last few, it's been a progress, right? So like I've, I've tried to meet them at different events or, you know, or, or online and engage with them online and stuff like that, not just from, from the inner systems handle, but from my own. Um, and so, and I think that that's proven to be also very meaningful for in both directions. And um, at HIMSS this year was probably the first HIMSS that I've attended that I felt like I was part of a, a a group you know what i mean like it, it wasn't just oh i'm going there to represent inner systems and I'm, i mean obviously i did that but at the same time i was going there connect to connect with people and i felt like i wasn't just elena from the marketing team going there to do my part and make sure we have a successful event in the booth it was getting outside of the booth and making those meaningful connections and that's where the real conversations take place and it was incredible how do you balance there's so you have quite a presence yourself with the, all the followers that you have how do you balance professional persona and personal persona and do you like you know because sometimes one hand kind of starts to wash the other when you meet in real life or those other businesses or partnerships and you have a more meaningful connection with somebody you know do you when you have content do you share it across both do you ever kind of twist something that maybe you've done professionally and put it on your personal page just to test things out maybe with that uh, health IT marketing community, which is HIPMIC, um, or you know, does it ever go back and forth? Yes and no. Um, I would say for my um, personal presence, obviously I'm able to let my personality shine through a little bit more. Obviously it's a little bit more. You love all things hazelnut, I understand. All from things your bio. hazelnut, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. So all these things, things can come out? These things can come out and I can rave about how much I love it. Um, and chocolate as well, dark chocolate with hazelnut. That's my favorite combination. There's not enough characters in the bio no. field on Twitter. <laughs> no, I know, I know. And um, and so I can show my personality a little bit more and, and talk about more than just health IT, you know, and, and really have that person-to-person -person exchange of dialogue online. Um, with Inner Systems, I mean, obviously I, I share content that's Inner Systems focused, um, any news or articles or white papers, anything cool that we're working on, any new clients that, you know, or any new projects that we have to share. And it, it is a little bit of a struggle sometimes because I have to say it in different ways in both places, obviously. We have a certain voice and a tone um, as a brand that we need to stick to and that's sometimes the hardest thing to do and especially for someone that hasn't been with an organization for a long time it may be very hard to kind of figure out what that brand voice is online so since I've been there for so long I feel like I kind of have a good grasp on it so I can toggle back and forth when I need to between my personality and and um, the inner systems brand voice online um, but I definitely there are definitely times where I I kind of struggle with it a little bit. So I don't, I know where that line is, but sometimes it's like, oh, am I close to kind of crossing that? And obviously I have both of those accounts on my phone. So sometimes when I'm posting things, I'm like, I better make sure that that's coming from Lenny Social and not Inner System. So yeah. Very important. 
what advice would you give to women in health IT or healthcare, or a lot of women in medicine that we're talking with now, in having that presence, especially in the healthcare industry, whether they're trying to gain followers or make sure that, you know, maybe that they're maintaining that brand, whether it's personal or professional, what advice would you give to somebody that's just starting out or is maybe in the shadows just consuming content on social yeah. media? You know, maybe a piece of professional advice or a piece of personal advice if they're trying to build their brand or do something. What's one thing they could start to do? I would say be vulnerable. I know it's kind of a generic piece of advice to give, but it starts with opening yourself up to building relationships and not strictly looking at this as, okay, well, I'm going to start following this person because I have something to gain from it. Like, it's been echoed here. It's been echoed at Hitmic. It's you know, give before you receive. And so really putting your best foot forward as far as you want to build an actual relationship with this person, you want to build a genuine friendship and a genuine connection. I think that's the most important thing that people overlook nowadays because they're so focused on growing your audience and having influence and doing this and doing that. And it's, I think it's those personal relationships that really make a difference. You know, sometimes I think people don't know where to jump in. And one thing I've learned is Twitter chats are a great opportunity yes. to connect with people in the community, really. Because you think, oh, Twitter itself might be really overwhelming because there's everybody there. Where do you fit in? Right. But if you follow a hashtag or follow a specific chat, we've been getting more, like, of course, the HitSM and HitMit communities, and there's plenty of that going on. But even... We've this summer we've been doing a book club on Tuesday nights and it's like health tech reads and there's not there's there's maybe you know between five and fifteen people that show up each week but I imagine it's a nice way to connect with people that like all right it's a dedicated hour we're gonna have these five or six questions that we're gonna share our ideas about and then now like I just feel like the, I haven't met those people in real life. But, or at least many of them in real life. And when I do, like, you can bet Angela's going to get a big old hug. Yeah, like, of course. And I'm definitely a hugger. I'm a hugger, so watch out, world. Like, I always hug people. And like, some people are super receptive to it. And some people are like, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but Twitter chats are amazing. And I think that's one area I also started in, um, was participating in those Twitter chats. And quite honestly, the first Twitter chat... and. As I can imagine, like a lot of people that are t doing Twitter chats for the very first time probably did the same thing. I was like studying the materials and I was like studying the questions and jotting down like exactly how I wanted to say it and what I wanted to say because I'm like, I don't want to sound stupid. Yeah, but I'm like, <clears throat> oh, no, no, no. That's what I do now. Like you were seasoned from the get go. I was there and people are like, please don't forget to use the hashtag. Uh, <laughs> you have to label the answer or the topic. I'm like, oh, what do I do? And then I wasn't even keeping up. I'm like. I wasn't on the latest tab or the latest filter. Oh, like, yes. And uh, other people that were on the chat, i.e. Joy, she's like, uh, are you going to chime in on these other questions? I'm like, I couldn't even figure out where to go. Like, I was just fumbling and I felt totally lost because prior to that, it's just on there to consume content. So it was just right. kind of lurking. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing that I noticed as I started doing more and more Twitter chats was that there's more than one perspective, which is the most important takeaway that I didn't really think about when I was initially starting to engage on Twitter chats, but there's so many different ways to look at one question, so many different ways to answer it that there's almost no wrong way. Mm -hmm. um, because at one point or, or another, 
you've thought about the same question and you have your own perspective on it and sharing that perspective is super valuable because it gives someone else a chance to read it and say, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. So really cool. Do you ever have an opportunity, whether it's participating in those chats or in sending out some of your own content into you know, the, the social nebulous, when you're engaging with that audience, do you ever have people remark whether it's a different perspective on something or you know, just input or feedback that you ever take back to the organization itself to either say, hey, we're missing an opportunity or we're missing the mark somewhere to almost have a feedback loop, if you will, of the audience back to the organization. Definitely. Um, and one, one, one thing that pops into my head as soon as you were talking about this was right around um, hymns, uh, this past recent hymns. Um, we were having some meetings internally about messaging and, and um, as as a marketing group, just kind of seeing like what are going to be some of the themes that we talk about. We obviously want to align whatever the audience wants to hear and, and kind of have, build this appetite for the content that they want to consume and like some of the topics. And so one area that I saw my colleagues just overlooking altogether was social media. And it's that's where the the very first conversations are taking place mm-hmm. is on social. You're the hashtag is trending way before the conference. People are talking about mm-hmm. different themes, different things that they want to see at him. So why not listen? And that's where he, that's that's a good place to start. So that was definitely one takeaway that I noticed. So are you, do you feel like in seeing that going on and being so involved in social media and really vested in that kind of, that medium, if you will, is that where you're taking a lot of your cues from? I do. I do. And some of the topics that we discuss as a group um, back in our office, um, I know about because I've read about it on social. I've read about the conversations taking place around social determinants of health. And then I'm like... Oh, what is this hashtag SDOH? And I'm like, then I go and look into it and I read about it. And then it comes up in a meeting and I'm like, I actually know what that is. And I can speak <laughs> intelligently about it. So definitely I see a lot of crossover and a lot of ways that it's benefited me professionally and also the company. I think that just in social general, in general, there is so much to learn from, from each other. And just to your point exactly, like, just go down the rabbit hole. You can go down so many rabbit holes if you want to learn about patient experience, social determinants, like any of them. If you want to learn about certified EHRs, or like it's all there. Even when I'm looking at, in, in addition to Google searches, there's times that I will do Twitter searches because people will post stuff that is not necessarily more relevant, but maybe more timely. And you just get a whole different perspective on, you know, resources that are out there or post that things opinions that people have anyway it's a good place to be yeah absolutely what is your least favorite aspect or part of your job doing health it marketing (laughs) on the record or off the record (laughs) (laughs) for the record she said on the record or off the record (laughs) Um, definitely on the record but be honest be vulnerable um okay (laughs) shooting me with my own gun. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Sometimes I have trouble with 
coming up with original content or hooks to try to get people's attention on social, obviously, because, you know, you have a piece of content, whether it's like a white paper or an infographic or whatever, how do you get that reader to to hook, Mm -hmm. to hook on and actually consume that content? And finding out different and creative ways of saying it as a brand rather than me personally, because I could just say, hey guys, check out this cool new white paper that my colleague wrote. It covers X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, throw that into your universe and, or Twitterverse and like my followers, if they like me or, you know, think highly of the content I consume, will will want to um, uh, also read it. So that's what I struggle with from a brand perspective sometimes is some of the content just to make sure that I'm putting it in the best light possible yeah. and making it enticing and um, approachable. You know, the being at the Hitmit conference, you were there, right? Yeah. Right. So the lady, and I'm blanking on her name right now, but showed up with the unicorn mask on. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, and it's giving away like unicorn Stacy Gable. Stacy Gable. Oh, God, I love like, Stacy. Yeah, she has some sort of magic potion in her marketing that she's, and I'm just like, whatever, whatever potion that is, like we could all use a little bit of that fairy yeah. dust because exactly. it's something about being able to like make something that is potentially really technical or whatever, just like engaged in the community or hook in a way you're like, why is she wearing a unicorn mask? <laughs> like, I'm curious now, whatever it is she's talking about, but obviously you can't right. take that approach for everything. Yeah, <laughs> not for everything. No. We, yeah, we <laughs> Earlier you talked about it with, you know, staying on brand, that there's a certain tone, certain language, you know, people want to remain certainly credible in this space, but oftentimes, you know, sometimes what's relatable, like unicorns <laughs> or unicorn masks or crazy stuff does get the job done can you tell us about a time where maybe you've gone outside the box or leaned a little bit maybe on the, those in the organization to do something a little bit different or put a creative twist on something that maybe was well received or poorly received but it also had an impact when it got to the audience so and this is not necessarily anything new or, or groundbreaking but one thing that we always see perform really well is pictures of faces mm-hmm. and it's just photos of happy people um, doing what they do best, you know, being out at an event, communicating with others, engaging with others. And so whenever we post pictures of, of just showing our culture as a, as a group or as a, an organization, that tends to get the most engagement. But it's always a balance, right? We definitely don't encourage any sort of inappropriate behavior or anything like that um, to be shown on, on social media. And internally, there's traditionally been a little bit of pushback as far as, well, should we be sharing that picture? Should we not be sharing that picture? Is that high quality enough? But sometimes it doesn't necessarily have to be a high production thing. It has to be genuine, right? right? So I think that's where we've seen um, some surprises where, yeah, the picture is not perfect. The camera is not perfect. The angle or the lighting may not be perfect, but people love it because it shows people and people can relate to other people. That human relatability, I think, is just unprecedented. And I think it's in that same vein as kind of storytelling. It's just this authentic representation of a face behind a brand, whether it's somebody being silly, you know, at a water balloon contest at a corporate picnic or something, right? Just things that are just the real human experience of the people that ultimately deliver these brilliant tools or technologies or systems or medicine itself, right? It's just, I I think we find that whether it's something kitschy or something casual, 
it gets more impact than anything else to be like, hey, here's my infographic about health policy in 2019. <laughs> right. No one cares. They want to see Joy's dog at the beach on a surfboard. Right. <laughs> and her in her sweats at her computer eating cereal. Like, this is what has impact. That the faces behind the brand. How many people, or how many levels of um, approval does something need to go through? Like a picture, for example, before you, you can put it out there. Does it? Are, do you have complete agency, or are there areas where you're like, nope, this one needs to be approved? Like, uh, I make that call most of the time. Good. I would yeah. say so. I think that we've gotten to a point. I think when we, this was before you know my time when we didn't really. Um, have a dedicated inner systems social media role um there were from what i had heard there were meetings about what kind of tweet we would put out that week <laughs> or you know whatever it was but this was way back when but now it's you have you got to be in the moment yeah. you know and you and you got to be engaged and you got to sort of follow along and um if I had to go through an approval to post a photo, um, can you imagine? Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, it would take probably weeks. I mean, the larger the organization, obviously, the more um, approvals you would have to go through. But that's fortunately one thing I don't have to worry about that's good. so much. Yeah. So our next question: You've been with InterSystems a long time. You have great depth in the community. All the people you've met, these connections, these celebrities, sightings that you've had at real events to be come meaningful interactions. If you could change anything in healthcare, health IT, health marketing, what would it be and why? Put on your magical hat. My magical hat. My magical unicorn hat. Um, (laughs) I would say communication still has a long way to go and. We were talking about this earlier. I mean, I experience it every single time I go to the doctor's office. There's this lack of communication, this lack of coordination. And if I had a magic wand to fix that, I would. Because it causes so much frustration for patients, ultimately. I don't want to know what's happening behind the scenes so much. I just want to know that when I go to the doctor, I'm taking care of properly. And I don't have to make 50 visits in order to resolve the issue. And then have trouble falling asleep at night, worrying about what could and could potentially not happen, you know? So I think if I had the opportunity to change something, it would be that all of the stuff behind the scenes would just get magically taken care of by the technologies and I would be taken care of and given the proper attention and my family would, obviously. I was going to say, we know you're a mom. Do you have a specific example where there was just like a failure of that or maybe something you valued in that day just didn't get delivered based on what might have been going on with you or a family member? Yes. Um, Several instances, but I guess the first thing that pops into my head is a few years ago, my daughter, who's now five, um, we went to the, not emergency room, but the after hours um, visit and they had the nurse practitioner on staff and um, she evaluated her and was very, very quick to diagnose her with an ear infection and basically said, all right, you've got you've to start her on antibiotics right away. And I'm like, whoa, 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 like, let's uh, give it a chance here. Let's maybe get a second opinion. Like I kind of, I'm a little bit anti antibiotics. So both my husband and I are, so I'm like, I don't really want to go down that route yet. And so there was a little bit of a disconnect between that and just 
the the information that the pediatrician already had about how we like to treat our our children and all that and it, it turned out at the end of the day that it was not an ear infection because we waited until that next morning and the doctor evaluated her and said no she doesn't need antibiotics she definitely does not have an ear infection and just monitor and this is just a cough and th that's it you know so and at the time she couldn't tell us she was so small um, I guess another instance would be she got prescribed some kind of an inhaler for a cough that she was having and um, we never ended up giving her that medicine because it wasn't she you know she doesn't have any problems with asthma luckily um, but it remained in her file for a long long time up until this past year so no one ever did the no medication one, <clears throat> reconciliation no, that happens nothing at all turns nothing and so we went again on one of those after hours visits for something um, and they were like okay so she's still on this medication she's still you know taking her in I'm like for the millionth time no um, we never actually ended up giving that to her it was from four years ago doesn't have any problems luckily with asthma or anything like that so that was very startling to me where it's like you guys need to talk to each other or yeah. make make sure that you're going back and following up on what is put in the chart, what is being updated with every visit. So, yeah. That it's both accurate and the information that is in there is communicated. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, you're reminding me that when I was a kid, um, when I, would, I was part of the Kaiser group in Southern California back in the 80s, they had my name wrong for like a good six years. Every time I'd go in... <laughs> They would be, they'd call me Jody. And is Jody here? Is Jody? And, uh, but with my mom and everything, it was just like. I was looking around the waiting room. Like, no one's who answering. Who are they talking to? This isn't for me. And just like, there's a communication breakdown of like, hello, how about get the name right? Right. And then last year, I was getting um, a surgery. And in the, the room next to me, and it was just like the waiting room. So we were kind of divided by a curtain. I heard somebody getting the gentleman ready for pre-op, and they basically said, "Oh, it looks here in your like your in your chart, you've been um, diagnosed, you've had diabetes for several years." Da 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 da. And they were ready to kind of take him in, and he goes, "Hold on a sec, I didn't know. I did not know that I was diagnosed as diabetic. Like they just told him, like told him so casually, just sort of in passing, that he was a diabetic, and like." And that it had been in his chart for, I don't know, how, you know, several years. And that seems like a major communication breakdown, um, an important piece of information that could affect his health. And I was just thinking, to your point, yep, we should be, I don't know, confirming information, making sure it's accurate, and com communicating with patients so right. that they can empower themselves to take care of them, right. take care of their health. And, I mean, the clinical team... Um, why does someone go in to become a clinician or you know a nurse practitioner or whatever it's because they like taking care of people so it's not that they are going to be enjoying all the data entry that they're doing into the system they just they go in there because they go into that field because they want to contribute to taking care of someone and making sure that you know they're they're doing their part as a, a caretaker and we just need to make sure that we're empowering the care team with the right technology, the right workflows, the work, the workflow, um, <laughs> hashtag, hashtag workflow, hashtag uh, the right <laughs> workflows and all of that, like all the plumbing, all the, 
all the technology that they need in order to be able to have that care coordinated in the right way. And so, yeah. Yeah, those fundamentals are just so basic to getting it right, though. Definitely. All right, healthcare. So you are you've been in your position for a while, but healthcare is a big and complicated place. So, how do you stay up with things? What are the what are the what are the things you read? Blog, you know, blogs you read or books that you have made an impact on you, podcasts that you're listening to, anything that helps you kind of stay on the pulse, the crazy crazy pulse of healthcare and health IT. Yeah. So obviously I live in the social media realm. So I'm always on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, like you name it, I'm there. And so I feel like I'm sort of the most anti-social social person at my company um, because I'm always online and I'm always listening and trying to, you know, gather as much information and content as possible. Um, obviously, fit like a girl. Um, data book, definitely. What else? So... We have our own blog that I also manage as part of my role, um, which just so happens to be named Inner Systems Pulse. So, yeah, cool. Um, so yes, so I manage that and, and working with internal and external thought leaders to make sure that we have content for that. Um, and so I tend to be the first point of contact when um, we receive any content that's that's uh, designated for Pulse. And so I read through a lot of that too. and. I find out a lot just from reading those blogs and just pushing that along. I bet. You know, and so um, I'm usually like the first person to kind of take a stab at um, looking at it and making sure that it's it's in line with what we want to say on social media and what we want to say on our blogs and if it's within the style of writing that we have. Um, but as the first person to sort of read through it, it's really educational for me as well. So. We get a lot of submissions, and so um, it's just reading through that alone keeps me very, very busy and going through, like, the social media stuff, um, and so... Um, Your life is essentially staying on the pulse of things. I all the time. I read all the time. When I'm not reading health IT stuff um, and keeping up with healthcare, I like to follow Reese Witherspoon's book club. Oh, really? Okay. Love her books. They're just, like, great reads for when you want to be relaxed and totally not thinking about work or anything like that um and just kind of disconnect from all the other things that what's you're your favorite with. Ooh, the favorite one that i've read from her book club is the alice network i've heard a lot about it but uh, i haven't read it can so you good. kind of give us the premise without spoiling it for our listeners it's basically about female spies in world war ii cool, cool. so very very cool that sounds like a good way to disconnect. Um, definitely, definitely. And I, I read that in a week, probably, you know, just, and a week, some people read books in a day, you know, but with two kids, I'm like, a week, this is great. I'm able to get <laughs> that is it record week, time you know? as a parent, for yeah, sure. For sure. <laughs> um, so if people want to find you, if they want to connect, or they want to talk to their favorite celebrity, which is you, what is the best way for them to do that? How do they find more about you or intersystems and keep up with you so i'm on twitter at lenny social and intersystems is at intersystems um and i'm also on linkedin and facebook and instagram so you can connect with me (laughs) basically anywhere (laughs) you'll find me (laughs) thank you for taking the time to talk with us today thank you for having me i feel honored to be here so wow this has been great thank you thank you And thank you for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. If you want to know more about us, 
or this guest, check out our website at hitlikeagirlpod.com. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes or simply tell a friend. You can also connect with us on Twitter or Instagram at the handle hitlikeagirlpod. Thanks again. See you soon. Thank you to Chirpy Bird Health IT Consulting. You can find out more about them at www.chirpybirdinc.com.